Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the uh, Hilltop Baptist Church Salt Class Podcast. As you may recall, we are going through the book of Matthew, had to switch from 1 Corinthians because I lost my notes, and now we're working on Matthew. We've done an introduction, gone through part of chapter 1, and we have got we went down through all the, uh, the lineage. Of course, the lineage was uh, through the lineage of Joseph to establish the kingly lineage, which entitled Jesus Christ to be the Messiah. But uh, So now we're going to pick up, let's see, in verse 18. And hopefully we can get through the rest of the chapter here. Let me, um, this is, to me, as I was studying for this, this is just such an exciting passage. There's so much here. I don't know if I'll get through it all, but um, there's some really interesting things to think about as we go through this. So let me go ahead and read. I don't know if I'll read the rest of it now or later, but I'm just going to start reading and see where it goes, okay? So picking up in uh, the first uh, chapter of Matthew In uh, verse 18, Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Um, Now, of course, back in those days, there was the custom where, you know, a woman was espoused to a man for a period of a year before they were actually married. Uh, they were technically, it was a legal marriage um, at that point, but it, the marriage was had not been cons- consummated. They hadn't didn't live together. So there were some things that uh, had to be taken care of during the course of that year. And then at the end of the year, they would go ahead and have the wedding and complete the marriage. But so they were, they were technically married, but it was year, during this year of what they called the year of espousal. So uh, that was the situation. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. You see, it was such a rigid situation. You know, it was it was an actual marriage, so that there was an actual divorce decree that had to be made in order for them to separate. And he was trying not to make a big deal out of it. He was being considerate of her. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto her, uh, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and this, this goes back to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, if you want to check it out. But that's where the prophecy is. Um, uh, in verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, like I said, there's several things that I want to go back and uh, point out. You know, when you first of all, let's talk about Joseph's character. Um, here's a guy whose first concern was Mary, as it should be. The husband, your your you know, next to God, and your wife is your treasured possession, and she's your family is you know the institution that God created. And it's a very special situation. And so your first concern as a husband, and we don't have time to get into all the studies about marital relationships and so on, but of course the husband has to think first of his wife. He has to love her as himself. And so Joseph, was he was an honest, he was a just man. He wanted to do the right thing, and he didn't want to make a big deal out of it. But obviously he was confronted with a situation where, as any normal man would, would think that she had not been faithful. Um, that there was a situation of infidelity here. But take note of this. Not only was Joseph concerned about his wife, and wanting, even though he thought you know, immediately that she had wronged him, he still wanted to do the right thing for her. I mean, it's, you know, one bad turn doesn't deserve another. You're still obligated to do the right thing, no matter whether you've been mistreated or not. And so that was Joseph's mindset. But also... Joseph refused to uh, succumb to impulse behavior or, or just give in to his immediate response. I'm sure there was some anger. There was, I'm sure there was some hurt. Um, you know, all the, all the emotions that go along with your spouse being unfaithful, cheating on you. And, and you know, there's some self-doubt, thinking, what did I do wrong? Why, you know, why wasn't she satisfied with me? And so on. So, of, of course, these things went through the mind of, of Joseph. And yet, he's, not only did he say, well, I want to do the right thing by Mary, but he said, I don't want to do, I don't want to be rash in this decision. I want to think this thing through. I want to make sure that I am making the right decision. I want to handle this the way a godly person should handle it. Um, and that's so important, folks. As Christians, there are so many things in this world that as Christians we're mistreated and abused and so on, and we need to realize that God God is in control, whether it seems like it or not, whether it appears that He is or not. God is always in control, no matter what the situation might be. And so no matter what happens, we should always just take a step back and think about the situation, and, and more importantly, to give the Holy Spirit time to work. Let God speak to us. Let God give us the direction. We can't do that if our mind is muddled with emotion. And we've got we've got to allow the emotion to be suppressed so we can think with clarity and with reason and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Go back to Scripture. Spend some time in prayer. Listen to what God says. And Joseph, of course, gives a, a perfect example of this. And so says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, 
fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Um, you know, this is such an important thought here um, with regard to the way David had responded. Um, now there's also, as, of course, as we move forward, I had some notes on uh, the fear not thing because he talks about not fearing in um, here and also in Luke um, three different times. God talks about fear not and it, it has to do with um, you know, don't fear your situation, don't fear the future, don't fear what people think. And ultimately, that's that's the situation that, that we're in. You know, when God spoke to the to the shepherds, is, you know, don't don't fear the situation, don't fear what's going to happen. Just go and do as you've been instructed. Um, so so God speaks to us and says, "Fear not, folks. We can't. You know, ultimately, we can't worry what people think about us. Of course, I like. I want people that to to like me. I want." to be in a position where people are willing to listen to what I have to say. But ultimately, the only person I need to please is God. And, and so, you know, when my life ends, it ultimately, it really doesn't matter what people thought of me. The only person that matters is what God thought of me, and did I do His will. So, you know, we don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear what people think about us. Um, and we don't have to fear the current situation. God's got it under control. So, you know, those are just some thoughts that, that we need to keep in mind. Notice also, too, the importance of the, fact of, of the marriage situation. Um, I think this whole thing shows that God is giving honor to the marital situation. Um, of course, you know, God obviously impregnated Mary, um, he didn't need natural means to do that. He did it supernaturally. What would it mattered if she was married or non-married? God could have done it to anybody. It wouldn't have made any difference. Um, but he chose to do it with someone who was in a marital situation, and not just any old marital situation, because she needed to be a virgin. So, you know, that's really unique. You know, when you talk about God coming in the fullness of time, all these things factor into that. You know, this custom was in place so that God could honor the institution of marriage and yet bring about a child through a virgin. So, you know, that's really a unique kind of a situation that, that God has uh, taken advantage of and just shows us, you know, how God can take anything and make it, uh, make it be right, you know, and make it work out to His will. And, and that kind of leads me into another thought. Joseph in making the decision that he made here. Notice, at no time did God ever violate Joseph's free will. This was Joseph's decision. The angel appeared to him, told him the situation, but Joseph still had to make a decision as to how to respond. God never forced him to do anything. Of course, so you have this debate that goes on all the time about, you know, free will and election and, and that sort of thing. And and I don't pretend to understand it. I don't think anybody on either side of that argument understands it. Somehow God has the ability to, to bring about His will, and He does that. We know that, you know, in, in the course of mankind, things are going to happen in accordance with God's will. And everything that He's prophesied is going to come about, and yet there are so many things that occur that are a result of decisions we make of our own free will. So somehow God is able to reconcile the two of those, and none of us is going to understand that until we get to heaven.
But God gives us free will, and yet it was absolutely necessary that Joseph choose to marry Mary. That wedding had to take place. It, had he divorced her, can you imagine what the situation would have been and what, what would have happened to her reputation? And then, and of course, Jesus would have been just recognized as an illegitimate child uh, had David left. The fact that he stayed in the marriage and made it work, um, kept things on the up and up, kept things honorable. And yet, at any time, he could have chosen to opt out, but he didn't. Even, and it was mandatory that he make that decision, and yet he did it of his own free will. So it's an interesting thought when you start thinking about this election versus free will thing. Um, but it happens every day. Um, God asks people to do things. And, you know, with salvation, of course, he, he, he calls us unto salvation. And there are those that believe that if you're, you know, God has preordained who's going to be saved and who isn't. You know what? I don't I don't pre pretend to know whether it does or not, you know, and I struggled with this when I was younger, thinking, well, you know, if God can tell the future, then he already knows who's going to be saved. And if he knows who's going to be saved, then we don't really have a choice. And yet we do have a choice. You know, the Bible is very clear that we have a choice. The choice has to be ours. It's not forced upon us. And, you know, but somehow that is reconciled. I don't know how. I just know that it is. And, and so, you know, don't let that be a stumbling block to you um, because you look at this situation here and at no time, no time can you look at this passage and say that jo God forced Joseph to marry Mary. It didn't happen. Joseph had an option. He exercised his own free will in this decision, and yet it had to be. It was something that could not could not uh, deviate. He had to marry her. And yet he did it simply because he chose to marry her. So interesting thought, something to put in the, in the back of your mind. Um, <clears throat> and so, of course, Mary went ahead and had the baby. And then, you know, behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. That's the prophecy. They shall call his name Emmanuel. There are so many prophecies that came true with regard to Jesus the Messiah that if you put them all together... You can't possibly deny that he was indeed um, the Messiah. Um, and then Joseph, uh, raised, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel him and took unto him his wife. Joseph knew that he needed to be obedient to God. Yes, it was his own free will, but he of his own free will recognized the fact that obedience is necessary. God asks us to do something, we just do it. There's no argument to it. Uh, yes, we have the option not to, but if God asks us to do it, we do it. And that's the kind of man Joseph was, and of course God knew that. And then and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. So she remained a virgin until after the birth. I mean, she became pregnant during the, the course of that first year. Now, I don't know how soon it was during the, the course of that year, and with the nine-year, the nine-month gestation period, I really don't know if she gave birth prior to the final marriage ceremony or not. All I know is that until after she had the child, and they did have other children, the Bible confirms that, and we don't have time to talk about that. But uh, Joseph, <clears throat> uh, they did not have relations. 
until after she had had the child. Um, and so she remained a virgin throughout the entire process. So there's no confusion here that Jesus indeed was born a virgin. So that kind of finishes up chapter 1, takes us through 20, verse 25. And the next podcast will pick up on chapter 2. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.